This is episode 26 of Everyday Wellness, How to Lose Weight When You've Tried Everything, with Gordon Light. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Good morning. We are super excited to have Gordon Light on with us this morning. He is um, one of those dual, you know, uh, electrical engineering mindset that is now kind of evolved into a personal trainer and a fitness coach and host of a very interesting podcast, if you haven't checked it out, called The Strength of Body and Mind. Um, he tells us he's obsessed with the behaviors of people that lead them to a lifestyle that makes them uncomfortable and unhappy with their body. He's also obsessed with helping people correct that through fitness, nutrition, and mindset realignment. He's been training unofficially for nine years, and, and nothing brings him greater joy and fulfillment than helping people realize their potential and actually achieve transformation. He mentions that his goal is to transform 100,000 lives, although he expects to meet that goal and have it reset to a million. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. And I forgot to mention, he loves watching, playing, and teaching ice hockey, lives up in Boston with his uh, family. He's also a, he also writes and records music, mostly metal, and plays the guitar and drums. So he's a little bit of a renaissance man. <laughs> Cynthia, Kelly, thank you guys so much for having me on here. Uh, that is quite the intro. I don't think I've ever had one quite like that with all those details and like, painting the picture of who I am more than just like beyond the fitness stuff. But thank you so much. I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. Thank you. Great. I think one of the things that we like to do is to try to show that people are really multidimensional, and <laughs> clearly that is true for you. Um, yeah, so. you know, I, uh, so I, I was brought up, I and mean, it's just a little side note thing, I was, I was kind of brought up with the the push from my parents to to try a bunch of different stuff which is cool because you get to try a bunch of different stuff you get to taste a lot of different things and one of those things that i found that i loved early on was music but um through that process i found a lot of stuff i didn't like which interestingly enough as a kid was was movement moving <laughs> my body sports activities fitness stuff like that so it's 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 weird that i'm now where i am now but like but yeah just so yeah we're not one-dimensional and yeah you couldn't have said it better. i couldn't have said it better myself so can you tell us a little bit about this transformation from being involved in music to now being more focused on fitness and nutrition and mindset and kind of how you transformed over the past 10 years? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting story. So um, I, I was born in Ohio and out in Ohio, everybody eats. <laughs> That's what we do, eat and play football. Uh, so I was raised kind of that way, test a lot of stuff. But uh, like I said earlier, got out of sports really early on and I found a passion for music. So that's all I was into. Um, I moved here to the Boston area when I was 11 and I just kind of grew up 
you know, here, but doing the same stuff, just playing music. And then, and I slowly got more overweight. So I was always kind of a fat kid. I was overweight. And throughout my teenage years, especially, that's got worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, I went to college and I'm going to kind of skip around here a little bit, but I went to college in 03 and graduated in 08. Through that that process of going to college and drinking a lot and experimenting with a bunch of other substances and uh, eating and finding myself basically just living like the ultimate party life for several years and playing music, playing the drums, playing with different bands, uh, not focused on fitness at all, not focused on health and only focused on my studies and then like living the party lifestyle. I graduated in 2008 and I, I'm not quite six feet tall. I'm just under six feet tall, and I was about two hundred, almost two hundred and fifty pounds, and my body composition was way off. So I was, I was obese, like just obese. I, I, I went through college like thinking that it was okay to just party because it was fun, and then go to class, and then I would try to like go to the gym and, and lift weights, or I would try to go to the gym and run, or I would try to go to the gym and do some sort of cardio or something, and somehow. I justified, by doing that, I justified everything else I was doing. I used that hour in the gym to justify an entire weekend of binge eating and drinking Mm -hmm. and everything else. And what I realized, like when I was going through college, is that like, this really sucks. Mm -hmm. And I found myself almost in like an addictive state. So I don't know, for all the people who are listening who may have like a food addiction, I realized that's what I was really experiencing Mm -hmm. is a food addiction. And the food addictions... Food addictions are the worst. I, I mean, so drinking addictions obviously are terrible. Drug addictions are terrible. But both of those things, you don't need to have in your body at all, ever. But food, you have to eat, right? So you have to have food. So it's for people who get addicted to food, you end up in this situation where you you're, you have to, <laughs> you basically have to ingest your drug, but you need to stop before you go too far. And you have to do that every single day you have to eat or you'll die right and uh that that's i think that's what kind of got me there is like i love to eat and i would eat something and then it would kind of fast forward me into this like this long binge of of eating over and over and over and over again eating emotionally and anyway i found myself uh about almost 80 pounds overweight where i should have been for my body composition my height and my age and everything and I was engaged at the time, so when I graduated in 2008, um, I, I was engaged to be married to my high school sweetheart, and I remember moving home from college, and the day I moved home, I actually did a post on this too, and I got I got a lot of interesting feedback on it, but I, I moved home, and I unpacked everything, and I was literally sitting in, in my room uh, where I packed, unpacked everything, and I saw myself in the mirror, and it was just like instant depression central. So, like, I don't know if it was a combination of graduating and no longer having to think about academics or no longer thinking about having to move back and forth to my apartment and then back home or what, but it was instant, like an instant downer, Mm -hmm. instant downer. Well, and I think you bring up a really good point that, you know, there can be these, you know, kind of profoundly addictive, and I, I use the term seductive in the sense that, you know, once we start getting in this cycle of eating, and it's probably, you know, the processed foods, you know, these excitotoxins that are in these food products that light up our brain and make us, you know, make us want more. There's a lot of like nerdy food science behind that. There's a really great book called, um, it's either 
fat, sugar, salt, or salt, sugar, fat, but it talks about the food and the rise of the food industry and how um, there's a bliss point for a lot of these processed foods that the food scientists, I mean, their job is to make them as addictive as quality, uh, as addictive as they possibly can be. And so, you know, when you talk about that food addiction or that desire to continue, you know, eating and binging, um, and a lot of it's just you look at the science behind it, you know, that, you know, internal stimulus within the brain that just, you know, makes us want it more and more and more. Uh, because people typically um, are not binging on, you know, fruits and vegetables. Usually it's, you know, the processed foods, you know, when they say you can, you, you can only have, you can't have just one Dorito or one Cheeto. Well, there's, there's the reasons behind that and what it, uh, you know, that drives that. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armor colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And Armrest Colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients, and it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, transresveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy provide mental clarity and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. 
pleasure center in the brain. But what an incredible transformation for you um, to have kind of come full circle, making all those realizations and connections. And I think that for many, many people, and I'm I'm sure Kelly could speak to this as well, um, until you have that mindset shift, um, it's really hard to make those behavioral changes to make those connections and recognize that you're, you're making choices that aren't, aren't ideally best for your body long term. Yeah, so um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, so I was just going to say, like, just to wrap that up, and I do have something I want to ask you about uh, regarding the salt, sugar, you know, those addictive foods you were talking Mm -hmm. about. But um, anyway, so so just real quick, that that point of when I graduated to, that's kind of kickstarted everything. So when I was like at my ultimate, ultimate low, like that was the point. So from there on, it was seeking out mentors and doing everything I possibly could, because all the thoughts at that point that came into my head were... What kind of husband could I be? What kind of father can I be down the road when we eventually have kids? What kind of example can I set? Like those are the thoughts for the first time ever in my life at 23 years old. Like those are the things that finally were the thing to motivate me. And I think like it sometimes it takes that when people don't have a mentor, when people don't have someone like you, Cynthia, to help motivate them or guide them, you know, or a coach or or someone or a trainer. Like I think it takes that ultimate low sometimes mm-hmm. for them to go to that point where they need to seek out someone who actually knows what they're doing, knows what they're talking about, to help guide them through the process to get them where they actually want to go. Yeah, and I think that you make a good illustration of the fact that our mind likes what's familiar, and it's likely to just keep doing that, right? If you're eating a lot of addictive foods or engaging in you know, a lot of binge drinking or whatever it might be, our mind just tends to keep doing that. And it's more difficult and more energy consuming to find a new route or find a new path to create a new behavior. So it's it's almost as if the pain of being in your current situation has to be greater than that perceived pain of making those changes in order for you to do something different. And it sounds like that's what happened with that rock bottom moment. Oh, that is so well put. Yeah, beautifully articulated. You're absolutely right. That's what it was. <laughs> you know, that's that's definitely what it is. And that's, and I'm sure you guys have seen this too. Like that's what drives people who are at their rock bottom mm-hmm. to finally do something about it. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, it, you know, for you when you reflect back on, you know, looking at, I, I know you posted a photo, and so Gordon is. For those that don't know him, Gordon is ridiculously fit. Um, and, you know, he posts a lot of those photos, but he posted a photo of, you know, where you were 10 years ago. And, and for many of us, I had absolutely no idea, but it provides so much legitimacy, you know, for your potential clients or existing clients to know that you've been there, you truly understand what they're going through. I do, I do. And it's not even really just about the weight or being fit or having a low body fat percent or whatever. Like those were my goals mm-hmm. when I finally got started is, you know, I was motivated and I was inspired by, I'm not a competing bodybuilder. I have no interest in that, but I was inspired by those people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the thing that I wanted to go after or at least try to live that lifestyle because it was interesting to me. I, I realize that's not, that's not everybody's goal or the sure. thing that motivates them. But um, but what, what what is common that I've found, and I'm sure you see this in your clients as well, is the, the mindset piece of that. Mm-hmm. Like what happens to their mindset when they start making progress when they realize their potential through the accomplishments of losing weight or putting on muscle or changing their level of energy or strength or fixing dietary issues like even your post this morning uh, about about bloating like things like that just just dietary things when they fix those things like the little mindset adjustments that happen as a result of that 
those are where the real transformation is. That's where the real transformation mm -hmm. is. That's what the power <laughs> behind transformation really uh, draw, like provides. You know, Absolutely. And, and it's interesting because I, I oftentimes when I'm working with my female clients and we get food sensitivity testing back and we get stool testing back and I'm talking to them about what we need to eliminate nearly always it, inv it involves eliminating foods they like, um, you know, sometimes uncomfortably so and, and it could be broad, it could be gluten grains and dairy and then 15 other things. <laughs> and, you know, I, I find that once they if they really buy into, you know, the, the, the mindset piece of there's a reason why I'm doing this, this may not be forever, it's to feel better, it's to feel, you know, insert whatever, you know, they come to me for weight gain, but it ends up being 15 other things that we're really working on. And, you know, once they start feeling better, it reinforces the good behavior. They're like, okay, you know, that was hard to eliminate bread or pasta or whatever it is. Um, but once they start feeling better, it reinforces the behavior. And, you know, when they buy into that, you know, they say, okay, this is, this is temporary, or maybe this is permanent, we're not sure yet. But, you know, my pants fit better, I have more energy, I can sleep. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I just feel more vital, I feel like I'm a better parent or a partner, or, you know, better whatever job they do, or occupation. But if they feel like they're contributing more into their lives, that will reinforce those behaviors. Kelly, I know for you, um, you do quite a bit of work in this area. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is my happy place. So I, <laughs> I love working with clients to really connect them to their why. And it sounds like, Gordon, you sort of had that when you had this kind of this model of people that you wanted to emulate these goals. Like you, that was your why. You wanted to get your body to a place that looked like that and was healthy like those people. So the why is huge and making sure that the why is connected to our values. Mm -hmm. Because people fall off the wagon when they can't connect the behavior changes they're making to their values. So if their first value is family, but they're like, well, why am I making these healthy changes? Why am I going to the gym and taking time away from my family? You know, if they're able to reframe it, that that's them showing up in a better way for their family and being healthier for their family and setting an example for their family, they can do that. And I, I totally agree with what you both said about <laughs> it being a cycle too, because you have these thoughts that contribute to how you're feeling, your emotions, and then those really fuel your behaviors. And then when you're doing these behaviors, you're in the gym, you're getting reinforcement, like your clothes are fitting better, there's less bloat, you're going to think better thoughts about yourself. And it's this cycle. And we can use the cycle to our benefit or to our detriment, depending on how we want to think about things. So yeah, mindset is huge. Yes, yes. You, uh, can I, can I ex expand on something there? I want, Please. I want you specifically, I want your opinion <laughs> on this. So uh, one of the things I always talk about because I believe it 100% because I've seen it over and over and over again, including in my own life, which is that being selfish about your fitness and being selfish about your own health is like one, of, especially as a parent and as a, as, a, as a partner, as a spouse or a husband or wife or whatever, is one of the most selfless things you can do. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? 100%. Like if I could get that made in neon light so that everyone could see it every morning <laughs> mm -hmm. that would be amazing self-care yeah. is not selfish and you know self-care really looks like a number of different things it looks like taking time to meal prep it mm -hmm. looks like making carving out time to go to the gym i know cynthia and i both make time for that in the mornings it's mm -hmm. kind of part of our routine um and i know that i'm a happier mom when i do that if i don't get to do that regularly i become more irritable mm -hmm. so really taking care of your yourself can pay exponentially for you and for those around you. 
Well, I think it's also that self-investment piece. I, I you know, I think that we as women and, and holistic blueprint for me, this is week six. And so we're knee deep in self-care and had interesting calls with my, um, my VIP and my core group uh, this week. And the guilt that women feel about prioritizing themselves, I, I tell them all the time, you have to let that go because you will find the more you invest in you, the better person, mom, spouse, etc., you will be. Like I, I make it a, a non-negotiable. My husband and I laugh about this all the time. Gordon, I'm married to an engineer, so you understand the <laughs> the mindset. And he kind of says, "But is, do you really need to do Reiki? Do you really need to do acupuncture? Do you really need to go to Whole Foods as much? Do you really?" And I, I said, "Yes. These are all yeses." Okay. Um, and. I would rather do less other things and do this because, you know, for me, the one thing that I have found, you know, not only is mindset key, but we're a very overstimulated society. And so tapping into that rest and repose side of our brains is absolutely essential. Um, You know, what drives a lot of illness in this country, uh, and not only that with my own clients, is that we're sympathetic dominant, meaning our bodies think we're running a race all the time. So it's really important to um, ensure that you are engaging in activities that are, you know, an investment in, in you and your mind, body and spirit. So just wanted to add that in that I'm 100% on board with that as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really well put. And that, like, the other thing about those, those things you just mentioned, acupuncture and going to Whole Foods, all those things, like, so you prioritize those. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that a lot of your clients now prioritize those, or you're getting them to the mm-hmm. point where they're prioritizing those things. But I think just because of the, 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 the waves of clients that I get over and over again, the waves of clients that you get and that you, that you both work with, I think that you see that like what they want is whatever it is they want, whatever their goal is, whatever their objective is, it is not typical. It's uncommon. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so like one of the things I always come back to is like, look, when I'm talking to someone, look, and this this applies to your audience as well. You're going for something that's not typical, something that's uncommon. You want an uncommon result and, mm-hmm. an, and a not typical result. If you look around in your circle of people, chances are what you're going for is not the thing that all of the people in your circle or your network have. So in order for you to get a, non, a non-typical or an uncommon result, you need to embrace non-typical and uncommon lifestyle habits, at least mm-hmm. for a while. And that might include acupuncture. That might include um, going to Whole Foods and shopping there exclusively or eating this way or that way or or eliminating these things from your diet. They're not typical. They're uncommon. If you look at your circle, you know, they're they're not the thing that everybody else you know does, but they're the thing that's going to map to your actual goal. And that right there is just so difficult for so many people to understand at first. Mm Yeah, I think it's because those behaviors and those ways of thinking and those people around us are so entrenched at a neural level in the brain. Those are the pathways that are the easiest to use. And to get out of those, it takes effort. It really takes practice and persistence. And I think it also takes surrounding yourself with a new environment of people. Um, Sometimes that can mean actual physical people in your neighborhood, in your family, in your workplace. But oftentimes, what I found with my clients is that the people they expect to be their cheerleaders aren't because those people <laughs> aren't making changes. So they see this friend or coworker or family member making changes, and it sort of shines this light on the fact that they aren't making changes. So they almost want to you know, pull them back down to where they are. So I think it definitely takes changing 
the people you are around in your environment. Or if you can't do that, it means surrounding yourself with new information like your podcast and communities and, and Cynthia's community. Um, it takes making an intentional effort to find those people who can support you and think like you. Definitely. Yep. 100% agree with everything you just said. Your tribe is so important for sure. Yeah. And it might not be your organic tribe. You know, it might not be your family members. It might not be your neighbors or your coworkers. So it definitely takes a little bit of effort. No, I mean, one of the reasons I was obese is because I hung around with obese people and unhealthy people (laughs) and people that drank beer five days a week, like in excess. And I, you know, I, I know for a fact, like that's what it was. My environment fed just like you guys and in your previous histories, whatever they may entail, um, they fed whatever you became typically. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot to get yourself to develop the insight to see that, wow, the people that I'm around influence literally everything that I become. <laughs> yeah, that awareness Absolutely. is huge and necessary for any change to happen. And I think, you know, the challenge is, you know, this will obviously be a topic of a video coming up probably this next week. But it, you know, for those that eat clean, you know, how do we navigate the holidays? Because I know I have a wonderful family, but especially my in-laws, God bless them. They're wonderful people. They do <laughs> not buy into the way I eat. They think I'm sure. crazy. And um, they have essentially come out and said that to me. Uh, and so, you know, how do you navigate honoring your own nutritional needs when you're around people that aren't supportive or aren't as open-minded or don't understand, um, you know, some of the concerns that you have. And so, you know, you know, I give a good example, um, you know, turkey, you know, buying, buying really good quality meat is a priority to me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure Kelly would agree and, and very likely you as well, Gordon. But, you know, when I go to someone's house and they're serving Thanksgiving dinner, what runs through my head is, oh, God, Where'd this turkey come from? When, when I really need to work on, even myself, I have to work on my own mindset and say, it's it's the joy of being with the people I love. It's a holiday. Let's celebrate it. Don't, you know, let that noise dump out of your head. So, you know, even for people like ourselves, I mean, I struggle with those things myself. I, I For true transparency, which I think is so important for our listeners to understand that, you know, I have my own set of issues. I am happy to share them. But the point being that we all struggle with, you know, acceptance from our loved ones for the way that we live our lives. And and yes, we definitely cater and should, you know, be surrounded by people that think similarly, it makes it easier to reinforce those choices. But sometimes when we're around family, it can be a little challenging. It definitely can. Can we get real for a second? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what. So in six days, you both are going to, well, I'm assuming you both celebrate Thanksgiving. You're yes. going to sit down at Thanksgiving dinner yes. somewhere. Sounds like Cynthia, you're going to be around your in-laws. <laughs> Not this year. I'm Not actually going to be with my family. <laughs> okay. All right. So you probably, maybe you have more control over it than usual. Yes. But let's just hypothetically, if you were going down to, or to sit down at a Thanksgiving dinner, which typically is going to have stuffing, obviously, mm-hmm. pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole or something, turkey, like rolls, all this stuff, cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how would you manage that? You know, me personally, I have never been a Thanksgiving, like I was never that kid that loved Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I liked mashed potatoes when I was a kid and I would eat some turkey, but I never stuffed myself. I just, that was not my holiday that I loved. I loved being with my family and I enjoyed, you know, having these long lingering dinners because that was, you know, one of the best parts was connecting with people that you love. 
So for me, Thanksgiving is not like all that hard because I'll still eat turkey. I'll eat. I always make sure there are a couple green vegetables. I always have salad. I always have a gluten-free dessert because I'll, you know, that's when I'll enjoy um, you know, something sinful. Uh, and usually I'm the one that is asked to bring a gluten-free dessert. So that saves me. That definitely helps. Um, this is the first Thanksgiving I'm going to be, I'm st- I'm dairy free. I've been dairy free for most of the year. So I'm going to have to get creative with some type of whipped cream, like <laughs> substance, maybe yeah. coconut cream. Um, but for me, it isn't as hard as some other holidays are. Um, and I have a child that's got a pretty restrictive diet. So, you know, it's always navigating those things for him. So for me, it's, I don't feel, I don't feel neglected. Now, if my husband were asked to be gluten-free, he probably would die because he loves stuffing. (laughs) And he'd be the first person to tell you that he's not going to give up bread because he likes stuffing way too much. So, you know, I just try to find balance, you know, wherever I am, you know, if I'm in a situation, I can always get protein. I can always have veggies. I'll have a glass of wine. I'll enjoy it. And then, you know, same thing with dessert. I'll enjoy a dessert. How about you, Kelly? How do you navigate Thanksgiving? Well, I love Thanksgiving food. It's like my favorite. Uh, (laughs) And this year I'm hosting just a small Thanksgiving dinner. My in-laws are coming over. um, And so I've already ordered our turkey with our local co-op. They um, get a natural organic turkey from a local farm here, um, which I will not tell my in-laws how much I paid for it because they would be appalled. Yeah, (laughs) But I will feel great eating it and it'll be amazing. Um, And so I'll do the side dishes and have asked my mother-in-law to bring a dessert, but she's recently glued free too so that'll oh, be helpful. that helps yeah that definitely helps all um, right gordon question back to you <laughs> yeah same thing same uh, thing yeah. so i'm yeah. with you kelly i love thanksgiving dinner i always have uh in you know in excess and um and as <laughs> we just had this conversation on monday and one of my group my group calls with one of my clients all my clients they were asking how do you manage thanksgiving how am i supposed to manage thanksgiving i have a few clients that are down like almost 20 pounds in Mm -hmm. a very short period of time and they're concerned because they want to go to thanksgiving they don't want to like throw all their progress away sure and uh so my my strat like me personally my strategy is very different from what you guys described because i don't have my wife has celiac so she can't eat gluten i am not gluten free i'm not dairy free um i'm not a vegetarian or vegan so i don't really have any dietary restrictions per se other than what caters to my actual goals. So I Mm -hmm. manage and track everything. So what Mm -hmm. I do and what I encourage them to do is a little bit different. So I I just basically utilize a a blend of intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and then to to also enjoy the holiday. So I I, I basically have them eat at a deficit the day before, a slight deficit, very slight, and then intermittent fast on Thanksgiving Day, enjoy Thanksgiving dinner, and then eat at a slight deficit the day after. And then like that framing, <laughs> that framing of, of the day with like a slight deficit before and a slight deficit after, um, it, it works wonders. I think I mean, that's, that's wonderful. very different from, <laughs> from what you guys are describing, but it's, uh, it's less, on, let's focus on the dietary restriction and more focus on let's balance our calories in different mm-hmm. pockets of time and our macros in different pockets of time so that over the average of the week, you actually didn't really violate anything. You didn't really go over You can still enjoy the holiday. You mm-hmm. can still have that piece of pie maybe or whatever. Um, and at the end of the day, you didn't derail your progress. And yeah, just, and I think that's, that's really great. I mean, about. we we definitely are intermittent fasting aficionados, and I think that definitely plays a, a really important role around holiday eating and drinking and consuming oh, and, so and and all Never of that. I, I think for a lot of my female clients that are very concerned about weight gain or weight loss, 
um, that's a really powerful, powerful thing. And I, I think you're teaching them also um, the importance of, of balance. You know, it's all about balance. You know, we're, we're none of us are advocating that people live, um, you know, in a, in a mindset of deprivation. <laughs> and please let me be very clear. I enjoy the holidays thoroughly. I'm just, I've just yes. never been a Thanksgiving <laughs> kid. I just, I was never that kid. And my husband, sometimes he's horrified. Um, we always have to, always have to have leftovers because he'll eat turkey for a week. He'll make every variation of turkey yeah, pot pie and <laughs> the kids think it's amazing. But I agree. Moderation is, and you know, not deprivation. That's kind of my mindset. Um, it's so important so that you get to enjoy the holiday and not be stressed. Yeah. So earlier, uh, you mentioned that book, uh, Sugar yeah, Salt. Michael Moore. I don't remember the whole title. Uh, there was something I wanted to circle back around on there. What do you do? You believe in something? I don't know if this term is real or if I just made it up. But do you believe in in, in mental satiety? Yes. <laughs> can you explain? Can Through you define fl- that, please? Sure. Yeah. So I, I this is a term I use a lot and mental satiety to me through nutrition and through a transformation for people who are trying to lose weight is still providing the satiety mentally through the form of foods that are extremely Mm. enjoyable to that person. Now, if you have dietary restrictions or something, or you're trying to weed out uh, gluten, for example, or dairy, you know, like in Mm. one of your programs, that's different. But for people who, let's just say they're, we're cutting out to zero refined sugars. Great. That's amazing. However, there is something about providing doses over time, like once a week or whatever, something that still keeps that, um, that keeps us, mm-hmm. reminds us that we are human and keeps <laughs> us sane and keeps our, our mentality satisfied and satiated. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Weight gain is one of many symptoms that our hormones are in decline, especially as we navigate perimenopause into menopause. 
Dr. Anna, who is a great friend of mine, is an OBGYN who's treated thousands of women just like you and I who experience increasing dryness and even pain in the bedroom as they get older. Jolva is the solution Dr. Anna formulated for her own clients, and it has since been loved by over 100,000 women. It's a feminine cream with DHEA that helps the body regenerate moisture from the inside out. 92.8% of Jolva users experienced a significant improvement in the first four to eight weeks. Get 10% off your first purchase of Jolva by using the link dranna.com slash Cynthia. That's DrAnna.com, Cynthia, and get 10% off your first purchase. Like by like just mm-hmm. that one piece of food or that one that one nibble of something. So when I say mental satiety, uh, like in this case, in this context, and in, in, in regards to that sugar, salt, whatever, yes, I agree. You know, when you mm-hmm. eat all those foods, it's bad, and you can't have just one mm-hmm. Dorito. Yes, I agree. However, I'm curious of your thoughts because I always preach this, and it's always done really well, but. I'm curious of your thoughts on giving into those things every once in a while. I guess kind of a cheat meal, but I, I hate using that term. Uh, but I guess like a cheat snack or whatever, like one. Kelly, do you want to tackle thing. this first? What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I really like that idea, and I have many thoughts on that, but I'll try to narrow it down. So, <laughs> um, I think that the idea of planning is really important. So, if you're going to do that, like being very mindful of it and being able to enjoy the experience and not beating yourself up or shaming yourself while you're doing it or afterwards as you said kind of recognizing that it's just it's a human thing and you can enjoy this piece of delicious whatever and then you can start again like you can move forward from there so I think another piece is kind of overall and it sounds like you do this with your clients too is kind of separating the idea of using food for coping and using food for fuel so when we understand that food is fuel it's easier I think to see the reasons why we want to eat something sugary or something that might not be quote-unquote fuel and just being mindful about that is makes it makes it easier to do and easier to go back to a healthier way of eating yeah that's really really well said actually on that i know we're kind of up against it here but i'm just curious do you do you guys talk about macros i do do you get into macros at all yeah i do i mean although i don't i don't i don't ascribe to anyone tracking their um their macros we do talk quite a bit about it because there is so much misinformation about fats and carbs and i'm not anti-carb um i'm i'm all about smart carbs and targeted carbs and carb cycling um so i do speak quite a bit about that but i i really think it's an intrinsically important that people eat mindfully and I'll give you an example. Um, and I, I use myself as the best example that, you know, there are days where I do lower carbs and days I do higher carbs and I adjust accordingly. I don't track my macros at all. Um, I just know that on days I'm having higher carbs, I'm going to make an effort to have potatoes and sweet potatoes and squash and things like that, uh, or maybe have some fruit. But I was explaining to a client that there was a day recently where my glycogen stores, which is stored sugar in your muscles, uh, skeletal muscles, must have been low because I was really, I didn't have a lot of energy. I didn't feel great. I had worked out really hard. And I, and I'm not exaggerating, three just green bananas that day. And I felt no guilt whatsoever. I just mindfully, I was mindfully acknowledging that that's what my body was, was drawn to. I didn't, I didn't necessarily want squash. I didn't want a potato. That's what my body needed. And the next day I felt 100% better. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't, 
ascribe to, um, you know, tracking macros into an app, because for a lot of my female clients that tend to be a little bit, um, how do I say this? I, I wouldn't describe that they per se have an eating disorder, but they're so rigid it makes them more rigid. So I, I really encourage them to listen to their body. What are their what's their body telling them? You know, you don't have to finish your entire meal. You don't have to, you know, there's no have to's. Um, because I, I think that rigid thinking gets people into trouble. Um, and so I, I do macros are something that I do talk about, although I, I generally call it protein, fat and carbs, because people hear macros, and they automatically are like, I don't know what that is. What does that mean? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so then I say, well, it's a fancy way of saying protein, fat and carbs. Um, so yeah, how about you, Kelly? Um, I think I use less of the macro piece with my clients. Um, we focus more on kind of the mindset piece, but I definitely try to have my clients eliminate sugar and flour. And I think by doing that, it sort of regulates their macros a bit and it gets rid of all of those refined carbohydrates. Um, so once they're eating like that, I think that they're then more in tune with their body. And so then Cynthia, they can mm -hmm. do a bit of what you were talking about kind of being um, more in tune with their intuition and knowing, do I need more carbs? Do I need more fat? Oh, I'm really craving mm -hmm. turkey or whatever. Maybe I should have some more protein. So that's kind of the approach I take. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, all it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it really does. Well, we would love to hear a bit more about the programs that you offer, how they came about and who you work with. <laughs> I know that's a big question, but tackle it in any order that you'd like. Yeah, sure. No, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, so uh, you mentioned earlier in your your lovely, very thoughtful intro, uh, I have been unofficially training people and coaching people since I first got into fitness and, and went through a transformation and learned all those things from my mentors years ago. Um, I recently realized that I, I, this is what I need to do. This is what I, I love to do. This is what I have to do. And that's when I went, became a certified personal trainer and started making this program. So the Mind Body Academy is my, it's my program. And that is, it's relatively new. It's the first time I've formalized it. And within the Mind Body Academy, there's something I provide to everybody and it's called the Mind Body Blueprint. And that blueprint is a customized blueprint, just like a set of blueprints for a house. It's a set of blueprints for your body and your mindset to get you to map to your goals. And that blueprint covers all the, the things that you would expect from a tactical standpoint. So it's obviously the nutrition. It's obviously uh, here's a training program that works for you, for your goals. But the other things that are in there are the mindset pieces that you talk about and getting in tune with like just how you view yourself and how you view your actual objectives and what your real why is and what what it is that that really drives you to get to get this thing that you want is it just the body is it just the energy is it just the strength or whatever and that that thing alone is so powerful the thing that i found that <laughs> is if people follow the blueprint mm -hmm. they get results like the blueprint is so structured and I, I realize it's not for everybody it's probably not for clients like yours who are very regimented and very rigid but if 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 people are are capable of following the blueprint they get amazing results and the problem is most people find them they i find that they they mm -hmm. can't get out of their own way sometimes <laughs> uh, but my so my ideal clients the people that i work with the Sorry. most your dog has an opinion on this i can help <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the people I find who have gotten gotten the most results and gotten the best uh, 
the most value out of it are people who are have hit that rock bottom I described earlier. And those are the people I love working with are the people who just are sick of starting over, just can't seem to figure it out on their own. They've thrown in the towel. They've looked up meal plan after meal plan after meal plan online. They've looked up training program after training program. They've tried them all. Nothing works because they have now realized that there is no such thing as a one size fits all program. And that if it's not customized, it's not going to work necessarily, right? You might get some results, but you won't get all the results you actually want. And <clears throat> those are the people that I like to work with. I like to work with people who have, have they're sick of, of not getting results. Now, I mean, that's men, that's women. Uh, it, there's really no dietary, um, like gateway that I, you know, like, or, or threshold or anything like that, like any dietary issues. Um, I've found that I work well with people who are just in general, easily coachable, like are ready to follow the blueprint, ready to follow instructions. That, that sounds awfully familiar. I have my own blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I have um, the holistic blueprint, but I find for my one-on-one clients that um, the people that I don't feel like I've got to sell them, when I say sell them, convince them that they need to work with me, the ones that are ready, they're ready to surrender, they're ready to be coached. They're, I'm laughing because we're trying really hard to keep the dogs quiet. Um, that we're ready, <laughs> they're ready to surrender and do the work and to really be coached through a program. It makes it so much easier. But I agree with you. If there's a lot of resistance, it makes all of our jobs so much harder. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure Kelly, you deal with this as well in, in your work. But I, I was I had a um, one of my favorite clients, I probably shouldn't admit that I have a few, but I do um, was speaking with her yesterday. And I actually acknowledged I said, I, I hope that you understand how much I appreciate you just as much as you appreciate working with me. Because you make it, it, it's just, it's like a dance, you know, you know, I, I take a step forward, she takes a step back, you know, it's just this dance, this beautiful relationship and, and friendship and coaching relationship where uh, you're really supporting one and you're supporting their needs and really getting them the results that they desire. I, <laughs> I love that. That's so well put. I, I have to imagine that you both um, say no. I, I do. Um, and I, I always explain why. Um, I, I think I've kind of evolved into a space where I work with really just women and a couple kids. Um, occasionally, I'll have people say, I really want you to work with my child. And I do it on a case-by-case basis. I do, however, have a wide network of people I refer on to. Sometimes people, it's not a good fit. I don't, I don't think there's the right fit. It, you know, Or I just intrinsically don't want to work with them, or they have a, a specific need. And I, uh, I have a very healthy ego, but I also acknowledge that there are things I don't know enough about, and there are people that would better serve them. Uh, and so I refer them on. But yes, yes. And that's, and that's important to, li- to have a business with integrity to do that. Definitely. When it's, when it's clear during that initial consultation that it is going to be a lose-lose. Either the mm-hmm. person's not, you can tell they're not coachable, mm-hmm. they're resistant to everything you're saying. However, they still want the result. But you can you can just tell because they're overpowering the conversation with what they want to do and what they've tried and what they heard from this guy or that guy or this person. Like those are the things that, those are the cues that at this stage in my business, quite frankly, mm-hmm. it's not worth it to me to try yeah. to coach someone who's not coachable. Um, 
but again, yeah, just like the way Kelly worded it, the, the mm-hmm. people who are ready for that dance, exactly. <laughs> ready to be my dance partner, uh, those are the people who are going to get yeah. amazing results. Well, and I, I think and it's amazing. because of my Western medicine background where I didn't always get a choice about who I had to work with, you know, patient-wise, you know, you have a set of patients you got to see in the hospital or the office, and that's just the way it is. Uh, I acknowledge at this point in my life that I really just want to work with who I want to work with. And, um, you know, I, I've been making adjustments in my business over the last year to to limit the amount of people I'm working with. And I'm still working on that because um, even with said adjustments, it hasn't necessarily deterred um, the people that are coming in. But I, I think when we, when we live with integrity and we, you know, lead with, um, you know, just, just wanting the best for people, it, it sometimes involves honoring ourselves and saying no definitely yeah (laughs) well you've given us tons of great information and we like to ask all of our guests at the end of our podcast to share with us two ways that you would recommend that people can change their health and promote wellness in their daily life oh yeah (laughs) i love this this is great um so it's actually there's there's two there's really two like pillars that hold up my entire brand, everything that I do. So this is, this works out really well. Uh, the first is the importance of movement, the importance of movement. I mean, we have a body, we have a range of motion, we have flexibility, we have tendons, ligaments, muscles, bones, right? We have all of these, these beautiful things that were given to us to allow us to walk the earth and explore and lift things and move things and move our bodies. Right. And, um, with each other or, or independently and without, <laughs> continuing to to challenge those things and utilize those things our body is just it's being underutilized and it and it goes into this state of atrophy and and ends up um just like you know decaying earlier than it needs to and and, and dwindling down earlier than it needs to and so i always 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 talk about the importance of movement every single day move 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 it doesn't have to be in the gym it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a triathlon you know it just has to be movement using the body in some way um, i think that that is so critically important every single day 365 days a year there is always something some way to find you know unless like the most extreme circumstances most of us have the ability to find a pocket of time to move our bodies and that is just so incredibly important and then the second thing just rides right along with that and that is the importance of thinking and I don't mean like <laughs> thinking about what you're going to do today. I mean like being thoughtful. It sounds funny, but being thoughtful about what you're thinking about because we are so easily distracted and so easily sucked into something that we don't, it doesn't provide any value to us long term, doesn't map to our goals like using our brain. But if you're thoughtful, at least for some portion of the day, about really checking in with yourself and being in tune with yourself and being mindful about what it is you want and trying to like, trying to just decouple yourself and detach yourself from all of the the like the rat race mm-hmm. of the day every single day if you do that every single day not only does that let you focus on like the health and wellness of today but also the health and wellness of long term like where do you see yourself going where do you want to go long term if you can be mindful about your actions today and where they're taking you and and be able to get yourself into that zen state that flow state of what you're doing today and how it's going to take you to your your end game you know whatever that is for fitness and wellness and mindset and and health that is just that is that is the missing piece and that's the thing that i think is equal i would say i would argue that's even more important than the movement thing because from that comes movement but those two things together are the key nutrition's great 
strength programs and all that, that's great. But those two things, mindset, the importance of thinking, and then movement, the importance of movement are just so critically important. I hope everybody, that resonates with everybody at least a little bit. Oh, Gordon, you're speaking our language with the mindset and thinking. <laughs> we are totally on board. Um, and we are we were just so thrilled to have had you here today. Can you please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about what you do? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I love to connect with people on Instagram and Facebook. So on Instagram, please reach out to me. I love to talk to people about fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, all of it. Those are my favorite things. This is, this is my life. This is my speed. So um, on Instagram, I'm at gordon.light. And then on Facebook, you can find me there. Same thing. Just reach out, send me a DM or whatever. Gordon.a.light. Um, and it, that goes for everybody and anybody. It doesn't matter what program you're in or whatever. I love connecting with new people. And I'm not going to try to sell you a program. I just love well, talking to thank people. Thank you so much stuff. for carving time out of your busy schedule to connect with us. We definitely enjoyed our session this morning with you. Now, this was a blast. Thank you both so much. This was amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.